Hey guys, welcome back to season two, another video podcast for all you guys. A massive thank you for all the immense support. I hope you've been enjoying the last few videos we put out. Today is a bit special. We're doing a combined video and audio podcast with Tafsir Ahmed. Um, Tafsir Ahmed is a fifth year medical student at University College London, UCL. He's involved in loads of super cool projects. So he's involved in Ma, he's involved in Medigate, he's involved in global health, in lots of outreach work. But before we get into all of that, actually, let me thank the guy. Thanks for coming on to the show. <laughs> thank you, Blair. With one, one, let's put a question to our viewers, right? Now, there's a, a rumor, right, that he apparently looks like a cross between me and him. Yeah. <laughs> So he's our, he's our love child. Um, <laughs> so you've got that in before you even said hello. That's all right, we're yeah. So Come on if you think that's true. Um, yeah, so that's Tafsir Ahmed. He's essentially someone we've known for a while. Um, he's popular on Instagram and all of their social media, so I'm sure you probably know about him. But let's talk about how we met Tafsir and our first impression. So um, I'll pass the baton on to you. You don't get to speak. You don't get to speak on this podcast. This is our podcast, okay? <laughs> So, um, we were going on one of the Marge, Journey Mar trips, 2017, yeah. the first trip. And this was all, all of a sudden because the founder couldn't go at the time. And so, me and Abdul were suddenly the managers of the, at the time of that trip. And so, we were going to meet the squad for the first time at the airport. So, me and Abdul turned up to the airport. And there's this little bumblebee that's yeah. just buzzing around everywhere. He's talking to everyone. But He's before that, right? So... <laughs> Obviously, we we knew we were going on to the Bangladesh trip a week before they were due to fly out. So me and Amos weren't planning to go at all. Um, unfortunate circumstances, we had to do a last minute decision. Um, and then we're like, all right, cool. We don't know nothing about the itinerary. We don't know who's coming on the trip. All we know is you're responsible for 10 people from this country, right? So I was like, all right, let me see. Let me go through the Instagram and everyone. Everyone seems cool. And then I go to Tafsir's Instagram. He's got like more than a thousand followers. But I'm old, you know, and I get irritated by lots of things. And he just seemed to be this hyperactive kid, just everywhere, partying, just like I was like, nah, this guy's not serious. Like, just just yeah. everywhere, everywhere <laughs> you go, he's there. And then we thought it's going to be this annoying little guy that we need to look after, just mm-hmm. running around. So I'm, like I am said, we went to Heathrow Airport at the time, and he's just going around, buzzing, super excited, introducing to everyone. I was like, oh man, this is trouble. I want a clean trip. I want to sleep. I don't want to stress too much. Bearing in mind, we've got this massive health camp to run. Yeah. Uh, so flipping it to your side, was that the first <laughs> yeah, time you what met did us? You, think you know what? The funniest thing is, I did the exact same thing for both of you. Okay. I went, I went on the Mar page, and then I went on to you guys' Facebook page, yeah. and I was like, to to be a member of Mar, do I have to have big biceps or something? Because literally every video and picture is just you guys with your biceps and your scrubs. And he I was, was I was shook. I was like, okay, I've got one week until the trip. Let me hit gym hard. And um, later on, uh, we were talking about what happened in the gym after my training yeah. with these guys. But yeah, I, I did the exact same things. But um, at the same time, I think going through the Facebook page, I think you guys from your last year's trip as well as now the, the current committee at the time, on the Facebook page, you guys had like your little bios, mm. and literally, I remember he had like Royal College to his name. <laughs> I remember he had Imperial IBSC, like, and then I remember his like fresh trim where he had the lime, like the lime oh, yeah, in the middle. Man. I know you mentioned, I know I remember you mentioned it on the podcast before, but that line, I was like, this guy's a roadman from ends, and he's made it in Imperial. I was like, this is sick. And then I, I saw yours. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see you. No, I'm joking. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all the topless photos. I saw his gym photos and I was like, okay, this guy is going to be a dangerous guy. So I looked I looked them up as well. I thought they these guys were going to be fun. But also, at the same time, I think I saw that like these guys, a couple of years older than me, mm. I think they're going to be like role models and like one opportunity to kind of learn from you guys. Mm. So it kind of, I mean, it's I, coming it, to... It worked out. It worked out well. It worked out very well in the end. But, um, <laughs> So yeah, so that's how we met Tafsir. Everyone else was fine. Everyone else was lovely. <laughs> Everyone was normal, right? Before they start cussing us, saying I'm an Abdul. So fast forward, um, we kind of in Bangladesh. We did the health camps. Health camps. Well, how was the health camp experience for you? Because we kind of talked about experience. How yeah. did you find it before we go into the? You know what? The health camp experience was crazy. Like you guys, I remember on the plane there or in the hotel. You guys were briefing us saying that this is going to be completely different. Um, mm. Number one, because of the temperature. Mm. Number two, because apparently when I'd come back home, mm. I'd die of diarrhea for like two mm. weeks because of Bangladesh and it's exhaustion. <laughs> mm. And I was like, right, relax, I'm resilient out here. Mm. Yeah, I died for two weeks after yeah. I came back. Um, my friends probably thought I was still in Bangladesh. Um, and like, and the other part to that, this is just preparation, it was that you're going to have, you're going to be in a supported environment, mm. but it's still going to be very difficult and tasking. And you know what? I remember like the first day sleep deprived because you're jet lagged yeah. um, and it's a new team and just getting to yeah. know you guys on the way there it was it was fun but at the same time a little bit stressful because you're in a new environment and you're here to do a job ultimately aren't you mm-hmm. you're here mm-hmm. to kind of treat these mothers that have come through they've come from so far away to see you guys you feel an obligation you feel a responsibility but at the same time the m- most amazing part to it is that like we enjoyed it yeah and mm-hmm. and we had a great time um, I remember some of the like some of the stories like mm. include that uh, us putting on some music mm. like on the way to the health camp which mm. is like one or two hours away yeah. on the way back us talking about our reflections on the trip me um, with I think Camille Camille yeah. wanted us to shut up yeah. but he wanted to sleep yeah. but you know that like, it was us just chatting yeah. chatting hey chatting. don't say us it was you <laughs> listen you get, you always say it's me yeah? but you, <laughs> you talk back to me so it's alright it's a conversation you know what yeah, it gets to the point where like <laughs> do you know what I love like all things is, I love the energy Taft brings, right? Like he's okay. always energetic, he's always up for it. But man, after you've been on a health camp under scorching heat for like eight, nine, ten hours, yeah. you just want the guy to just keep his mouth shut. And I think <laughs> people were just being annoyed. But at the same time, you need these characters on a trip to make it. You will always have the serious people, you'll have the people that yeah. are sleeping. Um, I, I think it was fattening that she could sleep anywhere, oh, like in a moving yeah. car, and your back. She was hitting her head on the seat. Oh, and still down. Yeah, you so. as well. Yeah, I remember there, there was a six-hour car ride from yeah. Dhaka to Sillet, oh, and yeah. these guys all needed to sleep. Obviously, yeah. I didn't need to sleep yeah. because I'm crazy. Um, but so these guys need to sleep. I remember Ams. He was just trying to sleep, and then he got to sleep, and his whole head was like, he was like whacking. I was like, this guy's gonna die. <laughs> I'm scared he's gonna whack his neck. That, that, that's a brain massage, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm nah. rejuvenating. But, um, but yeah, like yo, super energetic, man. And there were times I'm like, oh please. But at the same time, we appreciate it. You need that because it keeps mm. everyone motivated. It keeps everyone going. It rubs um, off. There is an important thing is Tafs. I would I would never advise you to lose that or subdue that or yeah. whatever because. It rubs off your energy at the same time in the camp kept us all going mm. um, one thing I want to ask though is mm. how have you developed developed an, an ability to keep that energy going mm. like you seem to have you seem to have an abundance of energy to keep and, going yeah. and a very extroverted personality yeah. like okay yeah. good how do you you know get to people that are struggling to socialize yeah. maybe find a different network maybe you know 
what advice can they give and obviously what I'm saying yeah I think uh, so I did a personality test like a couple of weeks like you guys did one as well yeah. and the extrovert scale I was literally like through the roof mm-hmm. I was on one scale of it mm-hmm. um, and I think that's come because you kind of inherit these little traits when you're going through teenage years getting yourself involved in a few things mm. talking to different types of people so like I had I have always had a good close friendship group mm. but I've also had friends in different friendship groups mm. and I think little steps like that is a good way to kind of go out there and start talking to different types of people that's mm. exactly what we need now yeah. as medical medics or like doctors mm. or medical students when you like when you treat the public they're going to be from like literally three months old all the way to like 99 years old right mm. um, and that's the same thing that you adopt in a normal social scenario so um, but yeah the energy I think the energy comes from well caffeine no <laughs> like one coffee a day in the morning but I think it's important to also recognize that it's all right to take a step back yeah and when you're comfortable um when when you're uncomfortable in like a difficult scenario and i do recharge like when i go home after a full day of socializing going to an event networking with different people <laughs> like my little brother would tell you like between me and him mm. like we're very calm and conserved both of us mm. but uh, outside with other people we're always like so at least yeah. you get so it's like um it's that thing it's like how people perceive you and yeah. they see you mm. running around doing loads of cool things and you know, they don't realise that you do rest, you do recharge, yeah. otherwise you'll just collapse and yeah. burn out. And that's one thing to yeah. all the medics that are listening, make yeah. sure you look after yourself because burnout is a massive thing. And a lot of kind of studies and a lot of this new theme emerging is the yeah. fact that medical students are already burning out and it's, you know, F1 that actually is the, the thing that breaks the camel's back and yeah. burns them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Bangladesh, where was this energy when we were in the gym? So obviously back then I used to do... <laughs> I used to do a lot of calisthenics, right? So it's like, it's gone now. I used to do free work exercises. I was like, he's kept up. So oh, he's gonna lie. He he's like an head. ox. It was scary. He um, was bad. So I remember, yeah. So you still we, we, we went to the, we were staying at Palace Hotel, right? Yeah. So we we're going to the swimming pool. So we thought, do you know what? We're going to be topless. Let's do like a quick gym session. Because we were guys. still flat. We were yeah, still yeah. on flat. Oh, so I'm going to the gym. And you have to remember, yeah, the gym's abroad. Ah, oh, awful. It has nothing. It's got like the most incomplete workout equipment. So you might get a treadmill, get some dead weights, a bench press with nothing. So I'm there. Luckily, I, I did kind of setting up time, so I was all right. I was doing my thing, right? Really- I was doing his thing. And then we had him and another guy, right? And you know that? What's the, what's the mission you pulled the, the, down? The, the, the lap pulled down. The lap pulled down, but he was going up with the pull down. He pulled it down, he was flying up and down. So, so we'll sure, just- explain it. So... The lap pulley, you sit down and you pull it down, right? But what we saw was <laughs> the weight was pulling guy. him up, <laughs> and he was just gradually coming out, like the machine was testing him. Yeah. So he was coming out, and then he goes back on the machine, and then he jumps and brings it back down. But it's a little stuff like that that we enjoyed. I remember that palace night. We came late, and I think we jacked. You lot jacked my shoes, isn't it? Or my sandals? Oh my god, that was the funniest thing. Yeah, it was. A, we'd come back on the buggy yeah. from the swimming pool and the gym where he. I was taking wet because right? I went to the pool without a change of clothes, so I was taking wet with this the robot. This is as Asian as you get. You just go swimming. And I thought I'm gonna secretly <laughs> run through the hotel lobby dripping wet, and then these were decided to nick my sandals. We literally we looked at each other. Me and Abs looked at each other. It was like, like it was like just out of nowhere. We're like both of us took each handle and we ran. I've never <laughs> seen a guy so angry but also laughing at the same time. You couldn't believe the cheek of us. Like, oh, it's the downtime like that. Um, that but yeah, good. that was good. What would what would you say was like your most memorable time on the trip? Memorable time. Yeah, I think um, 
I think there's two memorable bits. I think one within the health camp itself. itself yeah. I think when the health camp itself, I remember speaking to a mother, talking about the strains of basically being a mother in Bangladesh and having to go through pregnancy mm. and trying to seek out free healthcare. And it was, that was, that hit me so hard. I remember that was our second day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys always mentioned that there was always going to be one person mm-hmm. um, that, will f- that will put you back down to earth. Right? Yeah. Story. And that hit me like with goosebumps. And to this day... What was the story? Do you mind kind no, of sharing? No, no, no. I, I don't mind sharing at all. So this, um, so this was a mother. Um, she was having her fifth pregnancy, but she had only had one child, um, which then tells you that the other babies that she's had... Um, they passed away when she was, when they were like really young, so like they were like a couple of months old, like three of them that passed away. And I remember her telling me this during the pregnancy history, and she was she was like me, like she's a smiling mm-hmm. person, which was that was like I didn't see think it would come from her like that. And she seemed quite old, like late thirties as well. And I was thinking, why is she having a baby this late? And um, like, why is she so smiling in the mm-hmm. midst of this all? And I remember her telling me that she's ta- it's taken three or four hours for her to come. Back then, it was still flooded a little bit as well. Mm. Uh, just to see us. Just to see us. I was a medical student. You guys were medical students. We had a few doctors and Bangladeshi medical students with us. But just for free healthcare, she yeah. trekked for three, four hours. And she goes, I just want this one to be okay. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make this possible, no matter what the monetary costs are. And she was really poor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told us as well. But like... She, it was that drive and determination and the fact that we are like we were helping her basically and she was so she was so thankful and yeah that really hit home I think how did that change your outlook on a life and b develop you as a person because mm. you go on to journey Ma only for two weeks but yeah I I personally came back saying it's actually changed me for life Abdul I think would agree with the same yeah. and the other guys too but how has it affected you from 2017 mm-hmm. to now? I think it's helped me grow as a person in terms of my perspective on life. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously, I'm a smiley guy and I'm, I was also very much an optimist at all times, looking at things the best way possible. But there's also opportunities to look at things critically. Yeah. And, and to, uh, that perspective of things just changed because that statistic of like however many mothers die in a mm-hmm. year, it got resolved into... It just got put into one person, like mm-hmm. literally right in front of me. And for me, that was my motivation behind joining Ma mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. being part of the um, academics and innovation team right now. And also my motivation to get through med school because med mm-hmm. school, there's every, you guys definitely know this even as doctors now, mm-hmm. but every one or two weeks, you just have to sit down and kind of like find an insight and reflect on why am I still doing medicine? What's mm-hmm. motivating me? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I get to the point where I want to be a doctor and do all these great things? And mm. she, this person is one of the main reasons and my main motivators, mm. academically and, and personally. And that really sparked, I'll take it, a, a global health interest because I heard yeah. you're like a super global health <laughs> like, yeah. icon now yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, everyone chucking those things up. Um, yeah, Tell so I've a got a good that. background in global health now. Mm. Um, so I... Well, what is global health? Because what is global health? That's, people, that's true. I didn't well, know either. Yeah. I never understood... Like, Public what? health, global health, these mean. these phrases like what are, they're not medical, they're, they're not, not medical, cardiovascular, yeah. or yeah, 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 that's true, or endocrinology. Yeah. What is that? So global health for me is like applying politics and economics um, in developing countries into healthcare, mm. and for me it's like stepping back, stepping mm. back like a public health perspective mm-hmm. and looking at things in a macro level. So instead of looking at someone in a 
clinic one to one. You're looking at all the clinics mm. in a country slash in a developing country mm. slash across the world. Fine. And for me, um, I loved it because I'm a humanities guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I put myself as a humanities guy before I was well, before as a scientist, but now obviously medicine's starting to change. Well, mm. it's changed it. Um, but for me, that's got the right balance, and for me, um, it allows me to kind of express my macro level work that I want to do, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully make a change in the population level. Mm. So picture this: mm. you're now twenty years ahead into your career. Twenty years ahead. And I'm now your boss as yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna always be your boss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that sounds I right. now can offer you any job you like, any job you like. What do you pick? What would you do? Because you're a doctor, but you also, you've also got a um sorry? Whoa. Head of the Dublin show. That's okay. a good shot. That's a big show is coming for you. Tell me what that means. I could say I want to be the president of America. What does that, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was yeah. contemplating whether <laughs> I could do that. What does that mean? What do you want to do with the WHO as a lead? I think the WHO as an organization is incredible in terms of what they want to do and and the positive differences they are making. However, being in global health and the background that you have, you are also critical of the work and rightly so that WHO and other organizations carry out, right? Mm-hmm. Charity or NGO or mm-hmm. like stakeholders. Um, my aim would be that if I ever got to that position, because it, that whole organization has scope to do so much, I'd want to try and shape it in the way that I think is best. Mm. So okay. because that is the big level, like big mm. level change that you can carry out. It's do it's the WHO level, yeah. within the system, and that's how you do it. Okay. But it's a very catchphrase answer, isn't it? Um, so your competition, I'll just have to kill you after this <laughs> podcast. <then. Okay. laughs> what if you become the president of the president of the okay. WHO? No, that's it's right. funny, right? I, mean, I remember when like. Um, so a lot of the people that we do take on their trips in Bangladesh, we kind of see who's kind of, some people come for the experience, for the journey, but they have their own day-to-day lives, mm. they have their own jobs. And then you have students like Tafsir who potentially want to work with the community or with the committee a bit more. And I remember saying to Ams, I was like, yo, do you know what? This guy, there's something about him. Let's see how we can, you know, bring him on board. You know, let's see if he's mm. interested in moving forward. How can we, you know, kind of use the skills that he has and develop him further and I will sit in and then I was like you know we can get him but he's a liability he parties too much because I think he's a party a, a fair bit back yeah, then yeah the first and second year because you are uh, the, the Bangladesh Society president yeah, yeah. you so and that has bad connotations right yeah, yeah, but in UCL he has good connotations hey, you Kings <laughs> he's not the Bangsop president anymore <laughs> we're not even allowed to say Bangsop yeah. you have to say Bangladesh Society UCL people this was the guy, your boat party. Oh, What's I that famous one? Boat party. That famous one. And Bashunti. Bashunti. Yeah. I was lead character of Bashunti as well. I proposed like twice in the middle of a, not an actual person, okay. in my acting. We had fun, man. In the first and second year was yeah. good. What, how old was I? 19? Okay, 20. so let's, let's, while we're talking about uh, the Bangladesh yeah. Society, how was it running a presidency oh. of such a, like, yeah. it's, despite of, you know, different universities, different arenas, mm. different spheres, talking about it, how was it kind of being a president, having your own committee, how is that, what yeah. skills did you have, did you develop, and kind of talk Mate, us through all of that. I'll be honest with you, I think looking back on my last five years at university, the the biggest role and the most pivotal role was mm. being Bangladesh Science President. That's where I honed in on all my skills that I use to this day for things like Medigate, for mm. being head of the academics team at Ma. Mm. Um, and hopefully in the future when I do take up leadership or team working opportunities, it's crazy. Like you'd think it's just a society, um, cultural society mm. for a small number of people at UCL. 
but we then had over hundreds of people like actually sign up as members. We had at some point we had four events in a week, mm. which Bangladesh Society has mm. four events in a week. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. That's the level of engagement we had from freshers that came mm. through and were really engaged in socializing as well as being in touch with their culture and putting on things like panel events where mm. you learn about yeah, good. which were yeah so like on the back of the march trip obviously the perspective here at home is yes you can have your fun with your your like meet and greets with mm. your boat party mm. with your bashanti mm. but also you need that perspective you come to university because you're coming to see lectures from some of the best in the world. You're learning um, from, you're making networks. We, we, we came because we just had an opportunity to become a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> this my mom, the but you know what, yeah, I think it's like, check out the video we did on like how yeah. to make we that nine grand this, yeah. degree worth yeah. it. And yeah. you are like nice. a prime example. Yeah. For us, it's just a way out of the hood. And you know, you know why, what I mean? And you know why they, you know why I like that podcast? I listened to that podcast. I was like, that was a moment that clicked with me as well. Because I remember you and... Um, Abdul and was it Akil mm. you took me to Waterloo campus oh, yeah. library you sat me down and we had a conversation back then I was my university coordinator um, for like the national part so like now we do my month and back then I was trying to like motivate university students to get behind maternal health and ma and fundraise and promote mm-hmm. and all of that and you guys t- told me like like this is how you do it blah 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 but then your motivation 9k for a medical degree isn't enough you should do more and i remember that sticks with me to this day i still use it with my mentees i still use it when i go talk to people and i'll reiterate it again if you're going to university and you've just come out with a piece of paper that says you've got a degree and you've been paying nine grand a year you've lost out mm, if you're paying sure. nine grand a year and you're utilizing yourself with all these opportunities and you're grabbing hold of them then it's been worthwhile without a doubt it's interesting to see how um how knowledge is actually passed down from the, <laughs> the guys that are more experienced because mm. you know what um, the same was also said by if you remember Shafiel mm-hmm. he said it so Shafiel was uh, a three he's three years ahead of us in terms of seniority and we started and I remember him also saying and quite frankly to all of us that you cannot cannot mm. be studying to f- for five six years mm. and come out with a paper yeah. and I think it's a responsibility yeah. on everyone that's uh, I'd say a senior figure, a role model, or a leader. Mm. You need to pass on that that key bit of advice, that leadership, where you allow someone else to grow at a faster, uh, an accelerated rate, mm. um, which yeah. is actually spot on as advice to pass on to all of our viewers. For sure. And it goes to show that like, the importance of like having mentors as well, always kind mm, of yeah. seeking advice from people a few years ahead of you that have kind of do it, done what you're going through now. They don't need to be like the most successful person. They don't need to be, you know, running their own NGO, running their own mm. million dollar startup. It you does can, help though. Yeah, it does help. <laughs> it does help. But you can learn from their mistakes and they might be honest. Yeah. Like, you know, the advice I give for SJT ended up 100 miles away from home is don't use multiple resources, stick to one book. Is you can it's get, experience. It's you experience. can never learn. But that's what these things from a medic. book, right? Like, yeah. like, you know, I was reading this article in terms of salary, right? And in this country, your salary reflects three things. In, in essence, is how specialized you are. So the more specialist that someone is, the more they get paid. The level of responsibility. So the consultant will always earn more than the junior because at the end of the day, he's responsible for the patient's mm. care. And he makes that final decision. Stuff like, do we discharge this patient or not? And the third one is experience. The more experience mm. you are, the more you charge or the more you're paid for that knowledge, for that experience. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's it, and I'd urge people to seek out. You know, there's I'm sure lots of first and second year medics, and I'd say that are UCL. 
reach out to you we'll put yeah. your link and whatnot mm-hmm. and you can advise them sure. and help them move forward um saying that you picked up the baton ams passed on to you from mm-hmm. mars so ams was mm-hmm. um what were you the head. academic the head of academic head and innovation <laughs> yeah the lead um and then you picked that up so after, yeah. after mars i don't know the transition so how was that kind of taking a step there feeling you know stepping up yeah. to the plate he said how did you feel? Yo, that was my time. Oh, so what? Yeah, go for it. That was what I remember being thinking about the role um, when you'd stepped down. Mm. Um, but at that moment, I think I was in university coordinator. Mm. I just had a year of fun, fundraising and all of this. And academics was completely different. However, I did realise that obviously I just finished my degree in global health. I did really well in it and I really enjoyed it. And now I knew more inside out and mm. a lot of the maternal health literature in Bangladesh, right? And then I was thinking, should I go for it? And I thought, why not? Um, and it became more sensible. In and I became more sensible. You know what? <laughs> Genuinely, you can see there's been like spikes and then slowly, hopefully I'm getting more mature. No, but it's, I think, it's, we're all getting old. But I, but I, think, um, I think the way you approached the academics team was amazing. Like the high standards that you mm-hmm. had. And I think I was, obviously, you're always feeling intimidated almost in can I take up this person's like shoes because you were so successful you're a legend in Ma um, and like and all of that now let's be honest and like and you're my mentor as well so Mm. half of it is can I be successful hopefully just to for you Mm. to be proud of me for example right and that's that was my main aim and I remember when I had the interview with Akil and Usman Usman is really scary in the interview but they're both the trustees of Ma and I really spent like an hour talking about it and I think my enthusiasm came through and my aim was mm. that I infuse that enthusiasm into my team so that we can churn out papers, we can churn out projects and get things rolling. And mm-hmm. I think that was in the last year, I think we needed that enthusiasm and that's what hopefully I've brought to the team. Mm. What do you think? No, I think you've done an absolutely brilliant job. Absolutely brilliant. I think, to be honest, you are always going to feel fill the shoes right because yeah. we identified you ages ago because we saw I remember mm. I was sitting with Abdul and we had that chat about you we could see that academic side that leadership skill but I wasn't convinced by that no. partying <laughs> side at that time that's, that's and I remember saying to him but he's a liability no, just, just look at him just just look at him <laughs> yeah so I think the leadership role you had as a university coordinator mm-hmm. molded you then you went off to study um, global health and mm. I think that academic prowess started to develop yeah. with the leadership skills and I think you've absolutely flown away oh. I think you've absolutely flown away thanks with very it. much uh, which is no which is absolutely um, a testament to your skills man thank you and, and a testament skills. to my team as well yeah. like that's one thing I learned yeah. from BSOC presidency to like now a couple of years on is that the team that you work with your committee if they're a good team and they're working for the right ways mm. then you're going to do amazing no matter how how things go Mm-hmm. Um, so I think no, definitely um, agree. testament to that. Yeah. So it's super amazing, and we always kind of talk about all the cool, cool things people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are like struggles that you've had through med school? Or like, mm-hmm. how did you even end up doing medicine? That's um, a good question. So what are the struggles. So right now, I interview for UCL, and um, when it, they walk in and they go, "Why do you want to do medicine?" And I remember, like, I remember being so scared, like back in that time, and now mm-hmm. looking the looking at the growth being on the opposite side mm. of the table, right? And I think at the beginning, I was, I knew why I did medicine, why I wanted to do medicine. And it's that classic, but also I think it's my answer developed. I want to make a difference to someone in front of me, whether that's giving them paracetamol because they have a little pain, mm. because that will improve mm. their quality of life. Not necessarily having to save their life because 
I don't need to be that arrogant. Mm. Um, and <laughs> secondary is that I want to make a difference on a macro level, as I mentioned, mm. with global health. And medicine just encompasses everything. Like it's all mm. these different subjects we learn about history of medicine, sociology, how to work as a clinician. Mm. That's the reason why I got involved. Mm. And I think that has has only developed and I've only built with that and every literally every couple of days you've got a question and I do question myself mm. and these are the down points like wait why am I doing all these like sign offs or why am I mm. doing all this work like you spend a lot of time in the library mm. the stuff behind the scenes that not everyone sees yeah. on your Instagram and all the work and hours that go behind it and that is a struggle to keep yourself motivated especially if like for example I'm doing a podcast with you guys right now mm. like tomorrow morning I'm gonna have to be up to mm. make a 9am lecture and spend the rest of the few hours like le- like like studying and in the library just by myself mm. and like so many highs and like slash like lows yeah mm. like it's very hard to I don't you, you can be down to earth but also there's just so much to it but that's the beauty yeah. so how do you feel yourself so how do you keep going how do I keep yeah, going how do you keep going how do you push it for the people yeah. that are now considering oh I'm doing medicine it's just too much for me but I really do want to take up leadership yeah. positions and branch out how do you motivate yourself to get up and go so I think my second year of med school mm-hmm. IUCL is notorious for being known as like the most difficult mm-hmm. for our six years um, and that really tested me because I was treasurer of mm. the Bangla Society and then I took like a lead role in our play, mm. Bakshanti. Mm. Um, and these seem like such trivial things, but they really do take up your life. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to put in the hours of work as well, right? Mm. So what meant, like I jumped into that and I was like, oh my God, have I got myself in a pickle here? Mm. Like how am I going to pass the year? Let alone try and get first or second desk mm. or whatever. And I think... What happened is that your time management improves because you're under a bit of stress. Mm -hmm. So instead of Mm -hmm. in lectures when I was chilling in first year, spending hours in lectures doing nothing but talking to my friends, Mm -hmm. I went to that lecture, I shut my friends off Mm -hmm. and I was listening to that lecture. I was engaged Mm -hmm. because I knew that in the evening I had another commitment. There is no way I'm going to catch up on this. If I miss this now, I ain't going to see this until another six months Mm -hmm. or seven months and then I'll be finished. So um, I think that was like really important, that time period. And I think it's that time management. So you've kind of talked about, you know, what kind of motivates you and, you know, kind of identifying early on that you don't have as much time to waste. You know, you've got other commitments. So let me make the most of this lecture. Let me make the most of this tutorial session in in, in this moment. Um, that kind of brings me on. And I was thinking, you know, when you were talking about it, you do kind of the interviews for med school, which mm. is solid. So ask him if you, yeah. you know, if you want to go to UCL. You still rejected me. I'm still hurt by it. Sorry, sorry. Isn't it? You didn't deserve it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I thought you said you didn't deserve it. No, 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 no. Never like that. Never it's like funny that. enough, I spent, I think like the first year I was med school because we live in Camden, so me and my mates we used to be in UCL a lot more than I was that kid. You still are, man. Yeah, it's my second home. You know, it's my second home. But um, it kind of brings me on to like your outreach work. Um, mm. And me and Am's are like a keen mm-hmm. advocate of going back to your community, helping people that don't have access to this information. So tell us a bit more of the outreach program you're involved in and you know what mm-hmm. that's kind of shown you and mm-hmm. what the response is at the, the grass level. So um, I've been involved with Target Medicine, which is UCL's like official outreach uh, mm-hmm. program for medicine, which is amazing because you've got the UCL name, you've got the officiality. And I've been mentoring kids since my first year of uni. Um, and Great. the reason why I do do it or did it uh, even at the beginning is because I remember when I first got my UCL offer, I spoke to one of my teachers. I was like, "This is incredible." I just remember how how happy that feeling was. It was one mm. of the best feelings like I've ever had or like achievements I've ever made. Mm. Just getting into med school, I was like, "I want to make sure that when I get there, people like me, mm. people who mm. are from 
uh, widening participation back like don't know anyone who's been at med school mm. or doctors people from BME backgrounds um, people who aren't like upper class or gone to private schools or or even a grammar school can get that opportunity mm. and um, that's another motivation that I had and I was like this was a great opportunity to get involved in first year and I've been a mentor for the last like five years mm. I was a team lead for um, two or three years as well mm. um, and okay. it's like 240 kids in year 12 they come in mm. and we teach them like across one whole year um, about the application process and help them one-to-one mentoring mm. with like a group of mm. four or five each but on top of that I've been doing summer schools some that I've been actually it's like that's been paid work as well mm. like UCL pays mm. you to do the, the mentoring I've done voluntarily but again it's about opportunities I got involved in that opportunity opened so many other doors yeah. and then I was teaching at, I was teaching at summer school in second year like at the end of my second mm. year teaching at summer school getting paid good money to do it even lesson planning hours mm. and I literally created with a friend of mine we both created a summer school for two and a half days like almost like a crash course on medical school doctors medicine Brilliant. how to get in mm. and I remember at the end of it, like the feedback that you have, you know, feedback that you always want mm. to fill out. These guys didn't even write out the feedback. They is just it? came straight up to me yeah. and said that this is incredible. This mm. is what mm. I do, blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny because I have mentees now with people that went to that summer school mm. who are in medical school. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of that's it. That's the beauty of it. mentor mm. that come in, going to med, uh, that end up in medical school. Um, For, saying that, feedback, yeah. guys, if you haven't signed up <laughs> to Medigate, <laughs> Make sure that's the reason why they didn't do it. Let's be honest, it's paper feedback. Who does paper feedback? Exactly. Right? So, electronic feedback's the way forward with that. Uh, we'll put the link up, check we'll it out. The, yeah. Um, Tafsa, just on that point, mm. so for some of our young viewers who yeah. are pre med, yeah. targeting for med, how can they get involved in these widening participation schemes yeah. at UCL? You know what? It is so much up to you. It's your motivation. Mm-hmm. You need to be proactive in going on these websites. And you need to dig deep in the UCL Medical website, King's College, um, Aberdeen if you're up there, or Manchester, or whatever, and find out do you qualify and how to get in and when the application dates and try not to miss it. And it's so easy for me to say that, but it's really the only thing on you to be proactive to do it because that's what you're going to have to do as a medical student mm. and as a doctor. So how do they get target medicine? Is it something they can Google or...? Yeah, literally, you see target medicine, go on the programme um, um, and just apply for it. I think you have to be in a catchment area, but all medical schools have their own official outreach programme right. under, uni- under universities. So, so yeah, yeah, sign up. Yeah. Check it out, Google target... Um, what is it? Target medicine. He forgot. Medicine. He forgot. <laughs> <laughs> medicine. Target medicine. <laughs> um, so check it out. You never know. You might be in a catchment area. I would recommend kind of getting hold of them. Absolutely. It will help you. Um, we always kind of ask our guests, and I was thinking, you know, let me ask you as well. It's who would you say are kind of your role models? Who inspires you? Um, it doesn't need to be one certain individual. It can be. A, a collection of tricks from different people. I know Anz has put his hands around you, expecting you to no say him, bias But you're not allowed to say Anz. You're not allowed to say people. You know, like, like someone that obviously inspires yeah, you. Someone inspires who, yeah. You. I can't yeah. do nothing about that. But no, no. So someone, let's be serious. Yeah. Let's be serious. Someone actually <laughs> successful. This question when I was like in year five or six, and okay. someone was like, "Who inspires you?" And I remember first of all seeing my dad mm. because he's someone that's always wanted to do medicine from yeah. back home in Bangladesh, mm. um, and now. He's not doing medicine because he just couldn't get in and then came to England and kind of brought me up with education in my back, like in, in my mm. head and medicine. And he's always motivated me and in the work that he does, mm. like uh, he's done amazing in, in himself coming from Bangladesh as a, 
immigrant basically mm. Um, so he's someone, and then obviously my second answer was always Steven Gerrard was my um, was my uh, kind of Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard, Liverpool captain. Now that is a leader, right? Champions League final, two thousand and five. Yeah. He brought us back from three nil down to three three. Then we won the Champions League. All right. This is that's why I didn't trust him to become academically. I think that's the first autobiography I ever read in my life. And it was just, it was incredible. I had a better answer. Was it the one that slipped and then lost the game? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the guy who that one as well, though. He's the same hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Regards. He slipped and he lost it. So make sure you're careful. Oh, man. Um, so you, you picked him because he. Because what? Football. He's an inspirational leader. Well, he was the, he's the guy who scored the first header. He scored that goal yeah. to make it three one, and from there. We, okay, we fine. So back. he showed a bit of character in the. It showed it amazing doesn't character fit with all the other are viewers. You, are you questioning the guy that derives inspiration? Yeah, five, year six, right? <laughs> year five, year yeah. I don't even watch football anymore, and I'm not a, like an avid fan, but. They're like, who do you support? I say Arsenal. It's cause 2004 they had the invisible team <laughs> yeah. and Henri. I was just going to say all my passwords are like something. He used to wear a shirt number 14, isn't it? So if you want to hack Abdul, my password password is the easiest password. Why is he still I don't want people hacking scrubbed in. Let's not, let's not. Yeah, it's just that like, you know, 2004, Arsenal was solid. Let's talk about football. But the other thing I want to talk about, and you're saying it is, a lot of people from our background, parents especially, they kind of this whole they themselves had or may have had the dream and desire to become medics or doctors i know mm. my uncle for sure and they kind of living it through their children through their family yeah. um and it's kind of nice for us to kind of fulfill their dreams obviously um you know you should you know it's a nice way of kind of fulfilling that it doesn't mean you know you do something that's against mm. your natural mm. grain but i'm sure your dad was super proud that yeah. you know he can live through it or kind of see you doing it mm, yeah. um, and what I'm trying to say is like there's a lot of opportunities that we get being in in a country like mm. this whereas you know my parents yours ams, they had to kind of leave everything jump ship come to a whole mm, different yeah. country not speak a word of English start working yeah. um, you know especially these Russian workers yeah it, it's that quote isn't it our parents work too hard for us not to be awesome yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have to bust yeah. the gut and you can't just be you have to go beyond 100% in everything yeah. you do. And, and like, we're in the most privileged position mm-hmm. here that we can actually decide between jobs and opportunities. Yeah. Like the things that are coming our way, we're so privileged mm. in that sense because they just took whatever job they could take. They exactly. exactly. They're starting from scratch when you come Literally. to a country like this. And it's not saying that they weren't educated back home. They yeah. were and they were living a good life. But coming here to get for yeah. a better opportunity for us, basically, exactly. is why... Sometimes it feels like you owe them so much. And this is what the diaspora always mm. yeah. conflicting on, isn't it? Exactly. So, yeah, our opportunities are always... It's the fruits of their sacrifice. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's sure. what it is. Um, and that's another perspective, isn't it? Like, mm. what, are you doing with, like, what are you doing with yourself if you're wasting like, time or just... Like, scrolling endless hours on like YouTube or Netflix like sometimes unless you're scrubbed in unless you're scrubbed in be careful because it's good it's education Um, (laughs) so like in the back of my mind it's just like wait hold on like my parents didn't sacrifice this much money or time or effort Mm. to get me to this position in education Mm. you need to just chuck it all away Mm. and I think a lot of people can relate to that whether their parents are migrants or not or upper class or lower class or like whatever working class like it doesn't make a difference like Mm. everyone's in that same um, kind of ilk yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we've touched on lots of different topics and lots of 
you know, different and interesting things, a couple of funny stories. Um, it's, you know, it's a nice time to kind of wrap it up, but before we do, mm. um, what advice would you give to younger medics or prospective medics out there that you've kind of experienced or you've found out that have kind of benefited you and given you the opportunity to get involved in lots of cool things? Yeah. Um, or just general advice? Yeah, general advice. Yeah. I think what's been echoed in the podcast a lot is that I we've all come to the position that we are mm. in at the moment, um, like by just taking opportunities when we can and when they present themselves or being proactive mm. about it and that can grow you in so many different ways like if I didn't like I applied for Journey Mar for example mm. 20 minutes before the application deadline oh yeah because I was so I and didn't know what to and do no, and, and oh, no, when no, we tried should never no, no. this up so the interviewer from Mar called him to interview and he said I'm busy call me back I'm later I'm having lunch oh, yeah, yeah, I'm was, eating it was 2pm I woke up at half one this is PM, yeah, so this is the interview of your life. If you didn't get into Mar, all of this wouldn't have happened. It's actually insane. And you were going to have lunch. Actually, you're lucky you got a second. Yeah, call me back. I'm having lunch. I remember people like, don't, how can you tell him to call you back? I was like, I didn't even know who he was. Someone four years senior to you. So he tells you, like, should we still get advice from you? Is that worth it? You know what? When you when you play hard to get, I will joke. I think, yeah, the opportunities as they present themselves, take them. So, for example, mm. when I was in like year ten, year eleven, I took any opportunities like a young leaders program or um, being like part of a prefect team, for example, small things like that. I'm sure loads of people who are successful now did those little things yeah. mm. that helped develop them, um, and like that exposes you to different people, different things, and you learn from it. Mm. Like my critical thinking ability, which I think. That as a medical student, doctor, or anyone in a tertiary field, right, you need to have pristine critical thinking ability mm-hmm. to be able to look at both sides of an argument, be able to debate both sides, like, and look at different opinions and perspectives. You need to be able to be a good team leader mm-hmm. as well as a team worker. Where do you get that? Not from just reading a book, but yeah. applying it in real life mm-hmm. situations. Sure. And communicating with people around you, because again, third thing as being the most important quality as a medical student, a doctor. Obviously, on top of that comes the academics, which you work hard for, um, and you kind of like you kind of gear yourself up. There's plenty of things that we can talk about. I think in mm. other episodes about yeah, that for sure. But um, I think yeah, take those opportunities and build those sp- specific characteristics. So whatever opportunities come your way, I'd say take say yes and take them and kind of grow with them. And that's where I've been lucky to have that for example with Ma is that I've basically been growing with the charity mm. and with the way it's grown and also being able to explore different opportunities that come my way because of the networks that you make through it or the skills that you gain and hence why I'm here sitting in this <laughs> in this podcast YouTube video with Abdul and Ams mm. so yeah it's incredible um, brilliant advice and I think that's a, a nice time to wrap it up we want to thank you immensely for taking the time out I know you've got exams coming around the corner mm. um, for coming to the studio and sitting down and kind of talking about some of your experiences Um, and as always we appreciate all the advice our guests do give a massive thank you to all our supporters to all the new followers that have kind of surged in the last few weeks Um, we you know keep listening to podcasts every Sunday we're going to have a new guest on for you we've got YouTube videos coming out every Wednesday Um, let us know what you think make sure you check out the Scrubbed In website www.scrubbedin.co.uk and we hope to see you next week 